Two Kids in a Career is produced by Jill Devine Media. The phrase I always use is my thinking on this has evolved. Yep. You no, know, and and that's what I'm hearing you say is like you have to stay open for your thinking to evolve because the culture we're living in today, this kind of soundbite culture, the socially acceptable soundbite today is work-life balance is not possible, right? You you right. You, have, you will have no issue getting people to head nod to that, right? They, we, we've literally given up on the notion, but I think that notion that we want to have a sense of choice, a sense of control over where our time goes. We actually do have it. We don't always claim it. And if we kind of stop and at face value say, well, balance isn't possible, then the dangerous thing that happens next, Jill, is we settle. Evoke Creative is a proud sponsor of the podcast. And the ladies behind Evoke Creative want to make sure that your small business succeeds. What do you need help with? Do you need a website or maybe a website refresh? Do you need some social media coaching? Do you need copywriting? Whatever it is that your business needs, Evoke Creative can fulfill. And they are going to make sure that your business flourishes like it should. EvokeCCO.com. It's EvokeCCO.com for Evoke Creative. Hi there, and welcome to Two Kids in a Career. I'm Jill Devine. As an entrepreneur, wife, and mama, the daily grind of trying to build a business while taking care of kids and trying to maintain a healthy connection with my hubby, it's a lot. With this podcast, you're going to hear candid conversations with other moms, parenting experts who can share their knowledge and insight, or you'll just hear me rambling to get it all out. There's going to be tears, there's going to be laughter, but most importantly, there will be support. Take a listen and connect with me so we can grow and learn from one another. This is Two Kids and a Career. Welcome to season six, episode 72 of the podcast. And don't forget to stick around until the end of the podcast episode to hear this week's Supermom shoutouts brought to you by Addie's Way. And speaking of supermoms, I have a supermom as a guest this week, and she's also helping transform lovely women into supermoms. Let me welcome to the podcast, Cheryl Ann Skolnicki. How are you? I am well. Thank you so much for having me. So we have a lot to dig into, and I want to first start with where you're from and a little bit of a background on family life. Sure. So I live these days um, outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, We've been here for more than 20 years now, so it feels like home, although I grew up in the Northeast. Um, and I am married. My husband, John, and I have been together for, we've been married for 20 years, together a little longer. And we have three children um, who are 10, 13, and 16 as of this recording. Oh, my goodness. Three children. <laughs> I always say anybody above two. I'm like, well, I can't even handle my two. <laughs> and then you go three. I'm like, ah. I definitely don't know how you do that. Um, it changes. It changes you as a human, I think. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit more about the kids, though, Um, what their personalities are like, the difference in each one, and kind of how you parent them. (laughs) Well, uh, they're so different. And, you know, I am an only child. So for me, this was a brand new experience to kind of dig into nature versus nurture uh, up close and personal. Um, so my oldest Ella is, um, I would have said until recently, she's the most like me. And there are definitely aspects of our wiring that are very similar. We're both like very organized and academic and 
um, you know, task oriented and goal oriented, but she is definitely, it's beautiful to see at 16, how she is finding her own way and exploring her own, um, interests and, and, you know, values, like what matters to her and what doesn't. Um, a great example would be, you know, I care as much as the next girl personally about, clothes and makeup and hair and and she like could not care less like it is a total <laughs> chore to talk about any of that so um it's it's really fun to watch uh her kind of find her own path and way um so she is finishing up her sophomore year and then my okay. son who's the middle guy is 13 junior high seventh grade uh quintessentially the worst year of everyone's life right seventh grade is just like do you know anyone for whom seventh grade was not the worst year it's uh, yeah no right it's a universal experience um, and he is he is weathering it very well he is um this is the first year of junior high they're in a k through eight school and um but they have a few things that are different in junior high um, and he is um, just taking it all on, like he's this boy man, you know, that's how I describe him. Um, one day you get this cuddly, sweet, you know, still very much boy, and the next you can just see the the teenager slash young man emerging. Um, he's eating us out of house and home right now, <laughs> so that is super fun, um, and, you know, finding his way to his interests and his passions as well. He's really into um, design and art. And, um, he's super physical kid, although does not appreciate team sports. So, um, he likes things like, you know, like he was obsessed with American Ninja Warrior when it was, uh, and I feel like the, the craze has died down a bit, but he, like we built a ninja course in our backyard and he's awesome. Yeah. He's, he's super active. Uh, just don't put him on a team sport. (laughs) <laughs> and and then my youngest um, is 10, and she is, you know, I tease, somebody gave her the cool girl playbook. I don't know where it came from. She just, like, she just is so social and so um, interested in spending time with her friends and, you know, building relationships and having fun. She is this bright light of fun in our household. She is up for anything at any time. Um, and we'll drag the rest of us along, you know, and very um, persuasive in her ability to get other people on board for her fun ideas. Um, so, yeah, they're really different. They're they're very different kids. I have two daughters and two and four-year-old. Uh, so we are in the the very beginning stages or the, that first season. Uh, maybe we're in like season 5,000 already, but um, mm-hmm. it's interesting when you start to talk about boys and girls and these like definite stereotypes that exist. But in my sister's household, she has two boys and one is 16 and one is um, 25. And she says, the boys have just as many hormones as the girls and they go through the same stuff that the girls do. And it is interesting to hear that because I know maybe the way I grew up that you didn't think that so much. You thought that it was just the girls that had all the drama and it's just a different drama with with boys. (laughs) Yeah, or the same. I don't know. It it is interesting. <laughs> I you know, if I if I round out the stories of these kids, like 
So I said, my oldest daughter's really not interested in clothes or hair, but my son is, you know, that's, he's always showing me like, look at these shoes or has a comment about my outfit or, you know, dad, are you really going to wear that with that? So it's (laughs) so interesting how they gravitate to um, their, he's so aesthetically driven, right? That it makes sense to me that it would show up. It's like that artist's heart. Um, And my 10 year old, I mean, in a previous era, we would have called her a tomboy. Like she's... She was the first one to learn how to use the, you know, ripstick and the skateboard and climb the trees. And she just, it's very innate to her um, to do those things. And I don't think of her as a tomboy because I think our culture has evolved so much. But they right. they definitely, you know, they're cross-gender types with their interests for sure. And I love that. I love to the embracing of that and the owning of that and the sharing of that, because that's exactly what I hope will happen with my girls that no matter what they want to do, their dad and I, we are here. We are in it for them and we want them to just conquer it and own it. So I I love that (laughs) with being a mom to three, uh, you're obviously busy, super busy, obviously, when they were younger. Um, I think it probably changes in your season, like we were just saying a little bit ago, but like, it's just a a different kind of busy. But you're an entrepreneur, you had this corporate job before this entrepreneurship started. And I want to go back to that the corporate world, you started your career at Procter and Gamble. And you're there for 15 years. What did you love about it? Because I want to start there because sometimes people think, oh, corporate stuffy, it's the worst. But there are some really good things with it. I loved it. I definitely loved it. So it's a good question. I, I would say the first answer is I loved the juice, like the speed, the adrenaline, the, um, things moved fast, you know, and especially I started my career in field sales and then I moved to our corporate headquarters. I say our, listen, I still like (laughs) blue, I feel like. Um, So the corporate headquarters, which are in Cincinnati where I live still today. And, you know, like most corporate headquarters, it's a massive building. It takes a city block that has several other buildings in the city. And it was like the West Wing. I mean, it is fast-paced, decision-central, people buzzing around, lots happening. And that is an environment that in that era of my life, I really loved. Um, So that is one thing for sure. I think being able to see things go from idea to execution, like as as a young woman who just didn't know how that worked, like how did that product get on the shelf? How did that how did the words on that package get decided? You know, I just, I didn't know. And so having a front row seat to that and then actually bringing things to market was really just an education. I don't, I was so grateful to have it. Um, it, it felt like a, a worldview snapped into place about how things went from idea to execution. Um, and I loved the people. I mean, P&G is often referred to as an academy company. They hire extraordinarily bright, talented people from all over the world, massively diverse cultures. And to just drop yourself in the center of that for more than a decade, um, I mean, I learned so much from the caliber of the people I was around. It, It raised the standards of, you know, what I thought was possible. All right. So why did you leave? And then I left, right? You're like, and why did you leave? 
Why aren't you, you know, still there? <laughs> every, everything, to everything, there is a season. You know, mm-hmm. to everything, there is a season. So for me, and, and I chose those words carefully, at that time in my life, that's, that's what I wanted things to look and feel like. And then there's a point in all of our lives where I think when we take stock and say, have I learned the lessons I was here to learn? Have I had the experiences I was here to have? And then as you kind of cast your eyes forward, are the lessons I want to learn next and the experiences I want to have next, are they here or are they actually somewhere else? And, and for me, they were somewhere else. And so um, I was, I had two of my children already and I was expecting my third when I officially left the company. So that was end of 2009. And, um, and then in 2010, I started my first business and had my third child and the rest is history. Well, let's talk about the Brilliant Balance Company. And I say that slow because I really, in all honesty, when I saw that that was the company that you founded, I was a little confused. And let me tell you why, because this word balance It's confusing. It is so confusing and it is so hard. However, Mm -hmm. it's also a great descriptive of what people are striving for. And so I was confused on this note because all the way back in season one, episode nine, I had a friend on, her name's Jamie Case, and we were talking about that whole work-life balance. And she said, I've stopped calling it work-life balance because of a TED talk that she had listened to. And the person said, it's more like work-life Jenga. Like you are just trying to figure it out and balance doesn't exist. And I did buy into that for a little bit and I still do to this day, but I do believe there is balance. There is some sort of balance that can be had. It's just a matter of figuring that out. At least that's how I feel. And I didn't know if you have had that pushback at all with that particular word. I mean, only in every conversation I've had for the last decade. (laughs) I'm going to be like the last woman standing on this. Uh, Yeah. And I, I welcome it. I do. Because here, this is my like goal in life these days is to to reimagine what we mean by balance, right? To help everyone listening, just reimagine what do we mean? And here's what I think this is rooted in. I don't know how old you are. I don't need to know, but I'm 44. Yeah. Okay. So we're roughly the same age. I'm 46. And when, when I graduated from like, let's just say college, and this is when the first time I started thinking about balance would have been, you know, in that era and I'm in women's networks and I'm in this big corporate company. And every slide in PowerPoint, right, that ever went on a big projector screen in front of me had one image on it when it talked about balance. And I think this image is to blame for the bad rap that we're giving. Well, the visual that represented it, I always saw a scale. Yes. And they would get this scale on the screen, right? It would have a pile of whatever on one side, typically rocks, and then a pile of rocks on the other side. And it was like, they were showing that the scale was in balance. Okay. Yes. And I think honestly, it's because there just wasn't a lot of clip art. So 
you grabbed whatever clipboard, you know, Googled or didn't Google at the time, but you'd like go into PowerPoint and say balance and it would go, oh, scale. Okay. Drop that into the slide. I really think that thing, that moment, that image has ruined like a generation of women because it is a static image. There is a a supposition underneath that, that our lives are static, that like if we just perfectly arrange these pieces and decide kind of once and for all how much we want to put against work on one side and life, quote unquote, on the other side, and then we like step back carefully and we don't move a muscle, that thing will stay in balance. And that's crap. I mean, that's just not how our lives work. So I think if we're going to have a conversation about balance and the reason it's in the name of my company is my visual metaphor has always been like Misty Copeland dancing in the American ballet. Uh, Yeah. Now think about the visual imagery of specifically Misty, but any ballerina, contemporary ballerina dancing across the stage. She is in balance right? She has to be upright. She has to have a strong core, but there are transitions from pose to just to land the pose, right? And not fall down in between. So think about our lives, Jill. We have to land the pose, right? We have moments in our day, in our week, in our year that matter to us, that are like, it's go time, right? And we want to be all in, in those moments. And then we want to get to the next one without falling down. That's my definition of balance. That's, the, that's what I think is absolutely attainable for all of us, really. I'm going to take a quick break in the conversation to talk to you about one of the sponsors of the podcast, and that would be Evoke Creative. So I was with the two founders not too long ago, and we were just chatting up all kinds of things regarding the podcast and the business that I have and how they were instrumental in making sure that it happened. You can see the work they've done for me, the podcast artwork. They did that for me. The website, jilldevine.com. They did that for me. They really took what I had in my brain, but I was kind of hard to explain and bring it to life. And so it's just exciting to see that happen with other people too. I see the work that they're doing with others and it just makes me so happy. And one thing that we did talk about was social media. And I don't have time to keep up with all the different social media trends and the algorithms and all that, but they do. So if you need help in that area, they want to help you. Check them out, evokecco.com. It's evokecco.com. All right, back to this week's episode. Yeah, when you mention the scale, that makes sense because the way that I look at that is, yeah, I, I can't do it all if that scale is not even. And it's like, you think about that has to be the way it is every single day of your life. And that's, like you said, crap, because things change and different things come up. So right okay, now that's, it's making more sense. And, and that's why I was really interested to have you on because I don't want to just shun that word balance. I want to learn more. I want to learn somebody else's perspective on it because there is a way to make this work. There is a way to reach someone that maybe 
has a different definition of balance. And let's just straighten that out. Let's just give a different perspective because that's what this is all about. I mean, we just want to give a different perspective. And then in reading more about you and your company, it's like, well, hello, these are the things that I'm trying to do with myself and also with this podcast to have these open conversations to talk about these struggles. And like, again, a theme that I always talk about is if I can just help one person, one woman listening and let her know, okay, this is how this is going to affect you. Insert X, Y, or Z here. But that's what I love about diving into things and being able to say, okay, I was wrong at first to maybe go, "Hmm, I don't know if this is a right topic to have on. And maybe 10 years ago, I would have taken that and just Mm -hmm. put it to the wayside, but to grow and to just say, okay, let me, let me learn a little bit more. That's what everyone should do in life in general. Yeah. The phrase I always use is my thinking on this has evolved. Yep. No. And, and that's what I'm hearing you say is like, you have to stay open for your thinking to evolve because the culture we're living in today, this kind of soundbite culture, the socially acceptable soundbite today is work-life balance is not possible, right? You, you, you have, you will have no issue getting people to head nod to that right? We've literally given up on the notion. And so what, and I think there's, you know, I gave you one issue. There are several issues with just the words work and life being on opposite sides of the equation. We can talk about that. But I think that notion that we want to have a sense of choice, a sense of control over where our time goes, we actually do have it. We don't always claim it. And if we kind of stop and at face value say, well, balance isn't possible, then the dangerous thing that happens next, Jill, is we settle. Yeah. Right? We go, well, it just is what it is. I'm going to feel like this for the next decade or two, right? Until the kids leave the house, until they get older, until heaven knows what happens. And that is the, that inflection point is I'm spending my life trying to prevent that for people. Because as soon as you decide it's not possible, like you lose hope right? And when you lose hope, then, then you really are in trouble because then it just becomes like, I'm going to slog it out day in and day out. I'm going to get from coffee time to wine time. And then I'm just going to get up and do it again and, and, and commiserate with my peers who are all saying, yeah, it's not possible for me either. Right? Like we've kind of bought into that um, narrative. And I, I really think we can do better without breaking ourselves in the process. I immediately thought of a conversation I had earlier today via email. There is a woman that has been on this podcast and um, she had been doing some stuff for bringing awareness to autism. And we had talked about, you know, different blog posts that she could write and this and that and this. And she came to me and she's like, I just got to tell you, it's been quite a week. I'm not going to meet this deadline. And I am really sorry. I am not this flaky. It's just, it's just been crazy. And I, and I wrote back to her and I said, you're not being flaky. You're being real. Like you're acknowledging that 
there's stuff going on at home that you have to take care of. And writing a blog for me should be the last thing on your mind. Like it's, I don't want to add stress to your plate. And I was proud of her for actually just saying, I can't do it. I can't do it right now. And I think that there's just, there, there needs to be more of that. There needs to be more of, I, I, ju- I just can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just saying no and creating a boundary, right? In a place where you need one. Right. Right. Well, I didn't know if this would tie into, you know, this whole being busy and like how that addiction to being busy can really hurt us. It goes back to what is our definition of balance? And and I gave you, you know, a more dynamic metaphor that we will be twirling and turning and twisting and dipping right throughout our day, our week, our month. Like that's that's just the nature of what life really looks like. But also, you know, to what end? So what are those moments that matter? What are those poses that we're trying to land throughout the day? And that's where choices come in. Because if we are trying to land too many poses, right, not to beat this metaphor to death, but if we're trying to land too many, there's no room for transitions. And so, you know, having some room to breathe around the things that matter the most to us is truly important. I said before, you know, maybe we have the equation wrong. We have work on one side and life on the other, theoretically. And that's, again, it just doesn't work that way. I actually think what the women I've worked with are trying to balance is the time they're spending on things that they're required to do or that they have to do with the time they spend on things they want to do or get Mm -hmm. to do. Yes. And for me, and probably for you, that first bucket of things I have to do, there are some of them at, at home, right, in my quote unquote life. And there are some of them that are part of my job. And there are also things I want to or get to do in both of those arenas. So when I talk to a woman who says, I feel pretty good about how I'm allocating my time and my energy, it's typically that she's got enough discretionary time or she has enough of a sense of agency over where her time goes that she's doing some stuff she wants to do, whether that's exercise, whether it's, you know, cooking gourmet meals on the weekend, whether it's gardening, whether it's going for a walk with a friend, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's the sense of feeling like, yeah, I actually have some, some control over getting to do some things I want to do. And that to me is really women who say I have good, we say work-life balance because we don't know what else to say. That's really what they mean. That's very insightful. And it makes me think about how that looks in my life. One thing that I have been talking about for the year 2021 is my word is self-care. And I, if you listen to this podcast on the regular, you know that I'm going to say, I still don't know what self-care looks like for me. And mm. I almost think that it, it, this could be a two-year word, meaning getting some information on self-care, practicing a little bit, but really taking that, diving into it and applying it to 2022. And so while I'm still trying to figure out the best self-care practices for me, because in all honesty, back to, um, what was it that you said? Like you're the evolution of learning. Like I've, I've learned 
one way to focus on self-care. And now I'm learning, oh, that's <laughs> the it's has many definitions. My on this has evolved. That was yes. my phrase. Yeah. Yes. Well, you're right. And um, so I think self-care is another one of those words, almost like work-life balance that's yes. becoming like it's getting diluted. And it, ha- uh-huh. it has this, you know, oh, it's a spa day, right? That's what self-care means. But it's not. It's, you know, so let's just banish the term for a second and think yes, about because, what I was yes. saying, yes. things you want to do, right? So okay. it's, it really is, you are declaring, I'm going to spend some time doing things I want to do. And I'm going to bet, Jill, you're like, I'm not sure I remember what they are. Yep. And that's where we yep. get stuck because we're like, well, it must be that I want to take a bath or get a mani-pedi. Well, maybe you don't, right? So I'm always asking, what are the things that if, and we can't even imagine like if all of our responsibilities melted to the background, but if they did, what would you do? Like I would go straight to a Barnes and Noble and get a big giant stack of books from all the shelves and just start leafing through them. Like that's like heaven on earth to me, right? And there are 22 other things I could name that would also fit into this camp of like things I like to do. I'd go for a long walk outside, ideally someplace beautiful, right, by myself or with a good girlfriend. Give me one for you. Being able to, I I would put the spa in there as far as just spending a day at a spa, taking all of it in being able to use all the services that is like a, a a big huge one um and then the other one that it, it's just spending time with the book that i have on hand at that moment there you go so if you did nothing else but say i am going to prioritize a cadence for reading the book that i have on hand at the moment it sounds like you read a lot Mm-hmm. And I am going to regularly schedule time at a spa, right? It could be I'm going to do a massage every other week. It could be I'm going to do a full day every two months, like whatever makes sense for your life. But knowing that that's coming, my only build based on the work I've done with women is you really want some things that can be daily practices. Okay. We, we don't do that well with like delayed, you know, if you're like, I'm going to do a big spa trip once a year, great, but it's not really going to bring balance to your life. Because That's exactly what I was thinking. Like what there has to be a definition as like going back to self-care, but the things that I want to do to, to fill me up, it ha- it can't just be those things. And that's right. where I think I'm getting confused. Yeah. You know, it's, so you, this is a place where I would invite everyone listening to dig deep. Like it's not easy because we've suppressed these longings in service to our work, in service to our families typically for so long, I mean, by the time you're our age in your mid forties, like we have literally forgotten what we like to do because we just don't think it's possible. So there's a reawakening of that, of um, starting small, but I would really recommend starting daily. Like what is the short practice that can be built into every day or at a minimum weekly? Because you want to feel that rhythm and cadence of the experience and not have it be this big reward that lives so far off in the future. I mean, look, both and. I want you to have the annual spa vacation too, but something that's a little closer in that becomes part of like the fabric of your life, that's where you'll feel the recovery that gives you the energy to go back into all that list of things you have to do and and do it with excellence. Can I ask on that particular 
topic, if we know that for me on a daily aspect, reading is definitely one of them. And so I know the one thing I did start this year doing um, probably within the last couple months is on my planner and my, my to do's for meaning like this is what I would love to happen every single week. And I put down, and this is a small number, but I I find with my competitiveness, it it helps that to say, read 40 pages of the current book that I'm reading for the week. Like I'm giving myself a week and I typically go over that, but it has helped me start reading more when I was putting it off. Now, I don't know if that's if it's healthy or not to make it a, a competition or not within my head, but I guess my question to you on on that front is what other daily exercises, and I know that it's different for everyone, could be put in there that could make a difference with someone? I, that's because yeah. I think I have been focusing more on those things that you do every once in a while. Right. Right, episodically. So so here are some from our client community that come up over and over again. One is, you know, the mindful cup of coffee. And what I mean by that is single tasking on drinking that cup of coffee. Like most of us, right? It's like you grab the coffee and you're on the run. What it's yep. going with you somewhere. Um, to turn that into a practice, it, you know, how long does it take to really sit and mindfully consume that cup of coffee? Maybe you're looking out at something that's in your backyard or your front porch or favorite reading chair, but that mindful cup of coffee is, that's a favorite. Um, There are a lot around exercise in various forms, right? I'm going to do 15 minutes of yoga. I'm going to do a 30 minute workout on the bike. I'm going to go for a walk. Like, because it's something a lot of women are trying to do, it kind of goes in the should do bucket, but they also really want to do it. Um, So prioritizing and scheduling it helps there. Um, meditation is one that's coming up more and more often Mm -hmm. because I think we're starting to get the memo on how important stillness can be. Reading comes up a lot. Um, things like, you know, getting ready rituals, like bathing, but not in a big hurry, right. Or showers with like extra treatments and like that, that notion of body care or hair care, that's a little bit more, um, elongated, you know, where we really spend some time with it shows up. Um, Time one-on-one with a spouse comes up a lot because in this chapter of life where we're raising children, it's so precious to get that. So prioritizing, you know, even if it's a 15-minute what I call eye-to-eye conversation where you're actually looking at each other, that is a powerful practice. I mean, I could go on and on, but they're, they're very unique to the individual at what feels like you feel the most alive when you're doing this regularly. And I was thinking of another one that I would add. And for me, that is um, diving into scripture a little more. That's mm-hmm. something that I would put in there. And and something that you mentioned, like little things, like adding some essential oils to my shower yes. or what have you. Like that's so easy. And and it just can do so much for you. That's well, especially awesome. if you love the spa concept, you know, yeah. how do you create a daily home spa experience? Just a simplified version of that, but where you really think of it that way, 
you know, and, and you create, it's like a new appreciation for things you might already be doing. So I know we have so much more we could talk about, but we are running out of time. And there are a couple of things that I want to make sure the listener knows about and, and can act on. Um, the one thing that I I want to say before we talk about how people can get a hold of you, this beautiful way that you can help the listener with a, a free bonus. And what I love is this, uh, what you call calendar control. And I mm-hmm. think with everything that we've been talking about and having someone listen, I, I think this is such a great tool for a woman who wants to align her personal life with her work life, even though we know that those can be combined, but just aligning your time with your priorities and turning your to-do list into a done list. And I love that this is going to be something that the listener can partake in. And I will have that freebie um, on the show description at jilldevine.com. Is there anything you want to add about that? So the listener understands exactly what they're going to be getting. Yes. I mean, what you're not getting here is a technical solution. So this is not like buy my planner or, you know, use this particular technology. We're, We're pretty much technology agnostic about how to work this system but what I've what I see over and over again is we are underutilizing the calendar as a mechanism for really setting priorities. And so I was thinking when you were talking about your reading ritual and you said, I set a goal to read for 40 minutes or to read 40 pages over the course yep. of a week. Yep. For me and for many of our clients, that would be really hard to track or keep up with. Um, And they might get to the end of the week and go, oh, I haven't done any pages. Okay, I'm going to sit down and read 40. What I advocate is scheduling when you're going to read. So saying, I don't care how many pages you get to, but I'm going to read 15 minutes um, in the evening before I go to bed, or I'm going to read for 15 minutes right before I have my lunch. Like, however it makes sense to you, I'm going to read for two hours in a stretch on the weekend. Like, Thinking about how does that ritual feel good and then scheduling that task. Same thing with our, you know, when we talk about how do our to-do lists become done, the magic is really in knowing when we will do it. So for anyone listening, if you think about the things that are languishing on your to-do list, they're essentially becoming a backlog of things that are hanging over your head. The question to ask yourself is, have I decided when I'm going to do that task? And most often, you have not. And that is like the single thing standing in the way. So a big piece of this system involves learning how to do that well. That's a game changer right there. So if you want this free bonus, all you have to do is go to the show notes at jilldevine.com. It's the calendar control. Um, And I would like to now turn this over to you to talk about how people can get a hold of you, what you can help women with, all the good stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's um, generous. I mean, the the best place to find us is really the website, which is brilliant-balance.com. Pretty easy to find. You can usually also just Google Brilliant Balance and you'll find us. Um, I think about the kinds of people we serve as having one of three main problems. You know, they're either, I'm just really exhausted, 
by the complexity of my life. I'm tired all the time, not taking great care of myself. And I just, I like, I'm not sure how much longer I can go on like this. Um, second kind of problem would be, candidly, I have too much to do and not enough time to do it. You know, I, mm. I cannot seem to fit all these tasks and things into my life. And I need some help learning how to do that. Um, and the third would be like, is this all there is? <laughs> you know, I thought there would be more to life than this. And I'm, I feel like maybe a yearning to connect to purpose or a new dream. Um, and, and I'm not sure where to start. And those three kinds of problems are, are usually the most often um, where we're crossing paths with women. Well, I think every single one of those I could relate to. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yep. All right. So if they go to brilliant-balance.com, they'll get all the information on how they can reach you and uh, ask for more information. You also have the Brilliant Balance podcast. Yes. So available on all the platforms and, the okay. And then what, what do you usually talk about with that podcast? What, um, some of the things that you get into? Yeah. What we say in the intro is balance business and getting it all done gracefully. That's like the, you know, the fancy tagline. I, I think we talk a lot about mindset. Um, we talk a lot about like a new way of thinking about an old problem. So I think our conversation today is illustrative of that, that there's frameworks that are like, wow, I just bought you know, the kind of face value version of balance is impossible. But when I really stop to think for a second, maybe I just needed to redefine it. That is a common experience within the show. And um, we talk about careers, we talk about parenting, um, we talk about some hard skills like negotiation and, you know, um, getting promoted. Like, so we, all the things that working moms especially have on their minds, um, that's where we go. And again, I will put that information on the show notes as well. So can you say it again to me? What's that quote that just, I, I am definitely going to write this down about rethinking an idea. Yeah. My thinking on this has evolved. My thinking on this has evolved, writing it down because that's a good one. Uh, last minute or parting words, I guess I should say, Cheryl Ann, do you have for the listener? Um, I would just say like, based on our conversation today, it's, I hope it's an invitation to think about places in life where you're feeling stuck and ask yourself if you've just not really given it quite enough thought yet. Like, is there maybe another way around, over, under, through, that challenge? Um, and do you maybe need some outside perspective? Um, hopefully today's conversation gave you a taste of that outside perspective and, and how valuable it can be. And um, don't settle for less than what's possible for you. Before we dive into this week's Supermom Shoutout brought to you by Addie's Way, a little reminder about Evoke Creative, one of the sponsors of the podcast. 
I know that social media can be such a crazy thing, especially when it comes to your business. And maybe you're feeling frustrated because you think you're doing everything right and you're just not getting the likes, the follows, the clicks, whatever it may be. Well, there's all kinds of rules behind that, like why you should post here and why you shouldn't post that and why you should do this. And I don't have all the time in the world to research that, but the ladies behind Evoke Creative do. So if you need a little help on that side with your business, check them out, evokecco.com. That's evokecco.com. We are at that point in the episode where it is time to shout out a supermom. And if you're new to the supermom shout out, I created this in season four as a way to let moms know they are seen and they are supported. It can be such a thankless job at times. And I just thought, what a great way to just lift another mom up and get her featured because I do see you and I do support you. And so then in season six, this season, Lisa from Addie's Way contacted me and said she wanted to jump in on this support as well. And we came up with a custom design t-shirt to send to the super moms. So it's really exciting. Definitely get your nomination into me. Hello at jilldevine.com. So for this week, the nomination is coming from Allison, and Allison is nominating Jenny Jesse. Jenny Jesse is a supermom in more ways than one. As co founder and executive director of the June Jesse Memorial Foundation, she passionately supports children with medically complex neurological conditions and their families. She tirelessly continues to find ways to bring needed resources and financial assistance to these families and has created a supportive and understanding community to provide comfort on their journeys battling complicated diagnoses. Jenny does all this in loving memory of her daughter, June, who passed away shortly before her fourth birthday in 2016 due to complications of her own rare neurological condition. Jenny's personal courageous journey as June's mom is very inspiring in itself, and she spreads so much love to others every day while also caring for two little boys, June's younger brothers, George and Peter. Jenny, I see you and I support you. If there's someone in your life like Jenny, I encourage you to send me that Supermom nomination. Hello at JillDevine.com or you can go to the website JillDevine.com and we have a form that you can submit right there making it so easy for you. And I want to thank you for listening to this episode and supporting this podcast. And I would like to ask you if you would rate review, and even subscribe to the podcast as that will help me get this podcast in the hands of others and get some more super moms, some recognition. So thank you in advance for doing that for me and also for listening and supporting two kids and a career.